0: To the Pink Smoke Podcast. Uh, I am Chris Wunderberg. I'm your your host, as you always hear. Today, I am joined by uh, an old friend of mine, Adam Leon, who has a new movie coming out this weekend, January 14th. and We try and make the episodes evergreen, but I also wanted to promote Adam's movie, which is called Woo. Italian Studies. How are you doing, Adam? Thank you for coming uh, on.
1: Thank you. I was I was just telling you I'm excited to do this. Um, I'm good-ish, I think.
0: <laughs> Why only-ish? Why only-ish?
1: Well, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, the world is the-ish. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to sort of... I, I'm I'm very excited about the movie. I'm very excited about the release. Magnolia's putting it out. They've been amazing. This is all true. We premiered it at Tribeca, and it was... Um, outdoors in june and yeah. everybody was vaxxed and it felt like everybody's first night out yeah and we partied after and all that stuff and so like six months later to have the bookend of it be sort of like feeling really bad about inviting people to see it yeah in that maybe
0: the city is going to shut down again i don't yeah. know if i mentioned to you i had covid over christmas and okay. fortunately was like very very mild so i'm like you know, I've been vaccinated, I have COVID, so it boosts the natural immunity. I'm like, well, I'm ready to go back out into the world. I'm 0% afraid of COVID now. And- We'll
1: we'll be be out Friday night.
0: I know, I'm gonna be going and seeing it, I think. Maybe, say, we'll see if I'm able to, what's happening with uh, childcare. But uh, yeah, I had been planning on going to a screening, show my support. You know, that's a funny thing that you had told me before we sat down to do this. Like, it's okay if you don't like it, you know, like it's a divisive movie and I do indeed have a funny story about how divisive it was within my <laughs> own house, own household <laughs> at a screening. Uh, and I was, and I said to you, you know, like even look, even if I hated it, you know, my tendency is going to be a cheerleader for it, you know, and to, to root for it wanted to do good. Cause you're my, you're my friend, you're somebody I've known a while, you know, our background just for, for listeners is that, you know, we shared a cubicle together. I was, when I was a, a um, a film programmer. You worked in the office with me. You worked in the same department, although I was trying to remember what your job description I was,
1: was. I was a special events coordinator at the Jacob Burns Film Center. I w- or-
0: I'm going to bleep the name of the film center out of this. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I, John has pointed out that I go oh. out of my way to not say the name of the theater <laughs> I work for ever. And I guess that's true. Um, yes, but we worked in the office and, and you were somebody who like I became friendly with through work. I would say you were the only person I became actual friends with in 11 years working at the Burns. You know, there's certainly people I liked, but you're somebody I started to like, you know, hang out and see occasionally go to, you know, and
1: you were, I mean, you were a challenge, um, to befriend and, uh, and, and it sort of gave me motivation I was like here's this guy next to me he clearly is interesting uh and has like opinions that I'm curious to hear uh and uh, it took a while I like felt like I was I courted you as a is friend
0: Is that is that huh that's interesting I've yeah. been told this before that I'm difficult uh we don't, this doesn't need to be psychologizing me, does it? My reaction to myself is, is I feel like people don't like me. So I have a tendency not to engage with people. I know I'm like, I I know I'm rough edges, you know? So I have a tendency, I I think that not being friendly certainly doesn't help reduce the rough edges thing. But i you know, you were certainly somebody I got, I felt like I got along with. uh, Oh yeah, no, we, we, Because you liked you liked movies and that was a weird organization where it was full of people <laughs> who were excited to be working for an arts, not for profit. But there were very few people that gave a shit about movies there. There were very, very few people, even within the programming department that I would say were cinephiles in any way. So just to have somebody who actually had opinions on the events we were doing other than did you see the famous person which i did not ever give a shit about very quickly i was cured of like caring about meeting famous people you just oh they're there to do a job there's it's and i'm doing my job and you know the best thing you can do is leave them alone that's really the best (laughs) is find a space for them where they can be left alone get them what they need exactly on time, get them in, get them out, keep everybody away from them. And that's, that's Make it. Make
1: sure they know where the bathroom is. That's pretty much <laughs> the biggest.
0: Or in the case of Robert Redford, break his ribs and then oh, rush him God. out on the stage without using the bathroom. You could do that yeah. also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was some adventures, um, but yes, yes, no, it was, I do, do think we were able to connect about that. And I think that I, I, I when I say it was uh a courtship. I think it was a few-week courtship. It wasn't. Uh, but but I, was, you, I, I wanted to befriend you. Yeah. For the same oh. reasons you said.
0: Yeah. Yes, that I would have an opinion on another Earth, yeah. and we'd be able to discuss it. <laughs> um, but you left in, is it 2014 you left?
1: No, I left earlier than that. Uh, I left uh, 2011. Um, that so- early? Yeah, yeah. You uh, went to to make, make the, to make the
0: loot. Yeah. Yeah, and so you left, and you made "Give Me the Loot," and you showed it to me, and it was such an incredible relief that it was good, because I had been shown lots of movies by my friends at that point, and, uh, you know, I I have some friends who are talented filmmakers. I I you know, there's a few people I work with. I had not been shown a narrative film at that point that was any good whatsoever you know, music videos, documentaries, mm-hmm. experimental films I had seen. And so it was a real relief. And I thought, oh, this is great. This movie is very charming. This movie is very, very likable. And, um, and it went on to, then it got into South by Southwest. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. That movie really deserves that. And then it won South by Southwest. And I was like, ah. Oh, huh. <laughs> and then it got into Can and competition. And I was like, well, hold on. You're pushing the limits of likability here. No, but for real, I was super happy for you. I was like, this is fantastic. This was incredible. What the fuck was it like going to Cannes? You're some guy who was in a cubicle with Chris Funderburg. Yeah. And then less than a year later, you're like, I, did, you, did you have to put on the tuxedo and go down the red stairs and everything?
1: Yeah, yeah. We weren't in competition. Just I oh. the can coming, can come and get. I'm them, sorry, take, you weren't di- director's we were night. No, we were official selection. We were in on uh, certain regard. That's right. Uh, I'm which is it all up. Super fancy. That's super yeah. fancy too. Um, it was the craziest. I made jokes on set. I remember being like, eh, it doesn't matter. they like it in canon. And it was totally <laughs> like, like we had big aspirations for this tiny tiny movie we were making but that was not one of them and yeah. uh and so there was this I movie. mean how
0: could it be I yeah. mean I mean right. I'm, I'm sure people like I, I don't know their history but like Jim Jarmusch has had movies turned down from can you know what I mean like it yeah yeah like that, like how could that be an aspiration? It's it's like I'm going to go out and buy a lottery ticket and win
1: today. Yeah, no that's what it yeah. felt like. That's what it felt like and in fact we We sent it to them. I don't know how much of this story, should. but I'm going to tell everything to you. We sent it to them and uh, we were like, we're getting invited to other festivals. Can you give us some indication if we should not accept these other festivals? And they like, they watched it and they said, good luck with your festival run. And we were like, oh, okay, we got it. And then like, Four weeks later, they called and we like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you accepting other festivals? And we were like, you said good luck with your festival run. We took that to mean, and they were like, no means no. And good luck with your festival run means we're like considering it. Uh, uh, so, but, so we were just like doubly surprised about yeah. all of it. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound whatever, but I just remember somewhat being in disbelief and feeling you try not to do this right you don't want to be legitimized by outside things but you can't not with that and it just i remember saying to my producers like that moment where we got the email just like they can't take this away from us like we yeah. we, we, we are fancy filmmakers we can be fancy <laughs> filmmakers um but but Jamin, uh jim washington who you know is a producer on all my stuff yeah. he um I remember he said something really that really impactful to me when we were there. Cause it was amazing when we were there, it just sort of felt like film heaven. Um, and, but I was like, this is incredible, isn't it? And he said, yes, but do not try to get back here. And I think that that's, Yeah, Um, really good advice. There was a movie that we knew we were up against to get in. And it was a movie that was very clearly that the filmmakers had had a a movie that go there. And it was a movie that felt felt very catered to getting in. And it didn't, we did instead. And so uh, I try to remember that. And um, I've been successful so far, not getting back in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You two really took that advice to heart. No, I remember (laughs) hanging out with you guys. You did that like weekend retreat before you went to make Gimme the Loot" and just coming by by your your uh, parents' house uh, where you guys were at that moment and going out to the pool with Jamin and Natalie Difford, who was the other producer, and just being like, I'm really impressed by this group. I'm not impressed by Adam in any way, no. but I'm impressed by this group of people that, that he's gotten together. No, I was impressed by you too. You were very certain of what you wanted to do and you had a real plan and you had really good energy. And that's one of the things that when I think about, and we'll get into Italian studies soon, uh, is that you make movies that are likable. If I had to describe the primary quality of your movies is they have a likability. And I think that comes from you who had... I don't know if you had an idea to make a likable movie, but your energy was like, we're going to go out and have fun. And this might be my only shot. And I'm not going to torture myself over it. I'm just going to go out and make this movie. Here's my plan. And it's going to be a great time. And you had these two people backing you up who were like, we're not that that they were so self-serious or anything who just seemed like on your wavelength, but completely like I was like, oh, they're going to make a very good movie at very least because these two other people are so clearly competent hanging around the swimming pool. I can see they're fucking competent. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just both yeah. have that that aura to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, people will like contact me and take and say, like, can I get for a coffee, young filmmakers and be like, what do you do? And it's like, find good producers. Find yeah. Producers who want to make the same thing you want to make. Um, and and that was that was it. I mean, that was the, the and it took me a while to find that, too. Like I was working. I made a short film, co-directed a short film with producers that were terrible. And um, but like Jamin was the production coordinator on that. And so you yeah. sort of identify the people who who you can trust and who just again have that, you're right, like have that aura of just competence and and also like quality, like demanding of of quality.
0: And they were calm without being humorless or self-serious. You know right. what I mean? Like they just right. it was like no, they're the best. This feels that felt it felt like, oh. That's going to be, at very least not be a terrible shoot. But I, <laughs> okay. I, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think much of it beyond that. Did you set out to make a likable movie with Gimme the Loot? Also, everybody should see Gimme the Loot. Gimme the Loot is a genuinely fun, likable little movie. You know, I think that sounds insulting to say that, but like intimate movie, like it feels like it was made by a couple of people who got together and decided to make the best movie they could. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We watched it recently because we had a 10th anniversary screening and um, I hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, again, I don't want to sound, it works. That movie works. It's a fun fun screening. Um, It is currently on Hulu. Oh yeah. Um, And uh, your second
0: one, Tramps, is still on Netflix? That is true. That is true.
1: Shot around that pool. Um, Yes. I was very
0: familiar with that. Yes the settings. Of
1: <laughs> I very much wanted to make it was it was I had the idea for loot and it felt like a thunderbolt because it was I was for years trying to find a idea that should be made homemade and low budget because I felt yeah. like that's what I could do uh, first and that idea fit with that. Um, one of the things that I was really encouraged, Immediately by the idea, and some of this comes from the work that we did together. Some of it comes from festival work that i have done. Was oh, this movie should be short, and this movie should be fun, and yeah. it should introduce new talent, and it should be filled with music, and it will therefore prob- and it's meant to be a film festival movie, and it will therefore it can that that is good for a film festival. Film festivals want to slot in like first time fun, you know, thing. And so he
0: clearly full of some non-actors who's just yeah. like, you got Miko and that's really who he fucking is. It's or that's really like the, hard... the, the fun version of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, there's this movie that I'm in um, that was at, Tribeca and has done the festival circuit and Miko's in and he's amazing. He actually got nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best oh, yeah? Actor. Yeah, and the movie's called Queen of Glory and it's also like low budget and shot in the Bronx and it has the same thing I think which is like, you can't, which Italian Studies doesn't have, right? Which is like, it's very hard to not root for it yeah. early on in that movie. Like, Like you want it to be good five minutes into that movie. You're like, please keep it together and be good. And uh, and, and unless, that is unless you're advantage.
0: Unless you're a Met fan and then you're like, fuck <laughs> this movie. No. No, I no. think I think even a, a Met fan, although I did one of the things that I do like about Gimme the Loot and Italian studies is that there is a um there's a measure that, you know, so personal it becomes universal to it. Yes you know, that's... that that if it was generic I don't know what driving the plot of why they want to get into the stadium and graffiti tag the Met Apple. For people who don't know the plot of Gimme the Loot, it's about a pair of teenagers who are graffiti artists who have a plan. They're a Yankee fan. They want to go bomb the Met Apple. They want to go graffiti tag it. You know that stupid fucking apple that comes up when the Mets hit a home run, and that's the plot of the movie. Is this sort of it's like a one day in New York, one crazy day movie. You know where they're trying to sort of get this plan together and go tag the apple, right? And that's, I think it has to be driven by something so specific as what they want to tag. They don't want to just like, let's make the greatest tag ever on the side right. of a building. You know what I mean? And it's all building up to them trying to make some like fake phony thing. It's a very specific driven God, I fucking hate the Met Apple. And, you know, if there's a lot of people in New York who do think everything the Mets do is super fucking corny, especially the Met Apple, that feels very personal to it. And I think that's what makes it, drives it so hard and also imbues the character, their desire with the sort of heaviness because it feels personal heaviness. It doesn't feel generic. Drive. Yeah,
1: that was, that was this huge lesson that I inadvertently learned from making the movie because again, we went we went to all these international festivals. It opened in theaters internationally. It, was, it had this sort of dream run. And it was like, how are people even going to possibly relate to this? And I do think it was the specificity of them and yeah. who they were. Their relationship with something that I think feels universal. And then the specificity of who they are, the place they're in, and what they're doing actually helps that. Um, and that was an interesting lesson um yeah
0: it also helps to that you found the three main actors and i'm including miko in that although i guess that he's probably not one of the technically mainest of main in it they all have incredible charisma you found three actors that are great on camera and the camera really liked which i think is going to lead me into italian studies hmm, which is all mm-hmm. about trying to discover uh, sort of um I think there's a higher degree of difficulty. You're trying to discover the charisma in everybody that you've decided to point the camera at, right, with this movie, which I think is slightly different than uh-huh. finding charismatic people and pointing the camera uh, at them. Um, this movie, uh, just give me the, the quick description of the plot as you would describe the plot.
1: Uh, It's a movie about an author uh, named Alina Reynolds who somewhat inexplicably uh, loses her memory, enters a fugue state for lack of a better term um, and uh, wanders, it gets lost in New York city and ends up forming a connection with one teenager in particular uh, named Simon and then a, a group of, a group of other teenagers. And the movie is told Uh, There's a bookend with London, but the New York section is told uh, very much from her point of view. So um, we're sort of unmoored with her in terms of time and place.
0: Interesting. And it's, I wanted you to describe it, not me to describe it, because I was curious how hard you wanted things to be understood. For me, one of the things, and I really... um, I really like this movie and I've, I found this movie to be an exciting experience. And I'm not sure if it's just because I know you and I followed your work, why I found it to be exciting to watch, but I was curious how much you meant for things to be understood concretely. Right. There's, there's a moment about 30 minutes in where I thought, Oh, is this going to turn into kind of magical realism or head into sort of Boonwell territory where there's, there's something uh, more profoundly surreal going on here. And it doesn't take that turn ever. It doesn't yeah. go that way. And I was curious how much you meant for the plot to be understood concretely, because her fugue state, her psychotic episode uh, is um, not dwelled on. It just happens at the beginning yeah. and goes the way that, like, you know, the, the way that, you know, you, in Kafka, you wake up as a bug. There's no explanation. Right. It just sort of
1: goes, right? What, right in some ways as much as they it's a hit on the head movie like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's you know it's it's uh which it's has clean a long...
0: slate with Dana carvey
1: reading <laughs> yeah. the remake. Well, there's a long story tradition of, of hit on the head movies with in every genre you know yeah. um uh it, see this goes sort of I think I'll I think one of the ways to answer this is to talk is to get a little psychological with me and to talk about Give me the loot and Tramps as being um not just I forget the word that you used, but it was very generous, but uh warm or compassionate. They're warm world. They're warm, they're warm world. world. They're warm world movies. For sure. I though. think for I mean, sure. It's, 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 I
0: feel like that's your whole philosophy. Yeah, no, it is. And anyway. I
1: think because there's a warm world, cold world, uh uh Section in Italian Italian
0: studies. Sorry. Um,
1: And I think that Italian studies ultimately is a a warm world movie too. Um, I think that tramps and give me the loot are also crowd pleasers. And they're very much like, we are taking care of you. And uh, and there's a little bit of like, don't worry. Like, you know what this is and we're going to have a good time. And that this, the right way to tell this story wasn't that. And um, that's hard for me. That was hard uh, uh, because I like want to make everybody who takes the time to see the movie happy. And this isn't a movie that's going to do that. You know, and you sort of know that in the conception. Well, that's um, what so, was
0: exciting about it for me, and specifically knowing exciting. your work, as it felt yeah. like adventurous to see you doing yeah. this and yeah. not abandoning the interesting qualities of your other movies. That's the thing is it feels like, it's part of your work, you know? Thank you.
1: That's the best compliment that we, and we've gotten that compliment a little bit. And I, I, th- I think that's, that is the best compliment. And I think that is what we feel about it too. Um, to answer your question, we, we don't want the movie to be frustrating. We mm-hmm. want it to be an experience that is unique. And, but we do, I do not care if you know every, Bit of what is going on and why it's going on yeah. she doesn't we're telling the story from her perspective you're not supposed to we in feedback screenings you know as we were trying to find this balance between frustration and curiosity um there was like talk of like do we put something at the front of the movie that says like this is not a puzzle like this is you know um and like how do we sort of let our audience know to just experience it. Um, I'm glad we didn't do that ultimately, but um, but yeah, that is that is a balance that was discussed and worked on. Yeah, but ultimately, yeah, yeah no. I mean, I, I people people will come up to me and say like, "I got it. I know what this movie is," and they'll explain it to me, and it'll be very different than what somebody else will say to me ten minutes later.
0: Well, it's also funny because I to it's me, funny. it's very clearly it belongs to two traditions, one that I'm really into, and I'm not sure if you are, and the other, I know you are because we've talked about it. But the first is, it's a nocturnal odyssey film, like Elevator to the Gallows or Naked, right? Where it's just like, it's one person stretched across a night. Although I think it's a couple nights in the case of this movie. Um, But it's just, it's somebody alone in the night. And it belongs to that tradition of Alone in the Night movies. It's also a wandering around New York City movie, right? Which is, yeah. you know, you and I are both huge fans of Little Fugitive. That's a movie yeah. we talk about a lot. Just today, I happened to be watching uh, movies that I, I wouldn't imagine that your uh, experimental films. I watched William Klein's Broadway by Light, uh, Go, Go, Go by uh, Marie Mencken and Surface Tension by Hollis Frampton. And each of those movies are just there's not even a character they're just with their cameras wandering around new york city and filming whatever they see they're like five minute experimental films and i love them so much and i see that in this movie too where it's just look how interesting new york city is let's walk around new york city and just look at the city is definitely belongs to those true traditions so if i had to compare this movie uh, to movies. I think that, that those things that I've touched on that, you know, it's not as extreme as something like naked, but if sort of, you found the middle ground between little fugitive, which is so likable and charming (laughs) and naked, I think that that's where Italian studies is. I think it occupies some space in there.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I, that's, that's that's a, that's a great compliment. And I think, yeah, somebody sort of said like you went and made this kind of experimental, um, fever dream of a movie and yet still you were it still ends up like with a bunch of teenagers at a party yeah (laughs) yeah
0: um there's one thing i do want to talk about up front uh something we've discussed in person before i and i do want to get into this because i think it's an interesting subject the title intervention on your movie yeah i i think give me the loot which is named after a biggie song is a Terrible title, "Forgive Me the Loot." I think it gives the wrong impression of it. I think "Tramps" is the worst one of all. I think that is a disaster. I know you wouldn't—you wouldn't even listen to Jonathan Demi on that one, who said, "Call it Tramps <laughs> Like Us," which is a reference to both your favorite filmmaker Robert Altman and one of your favorite musicians with Bruce Springsteen. And you stuck with "Tramps," which gives could not give worse of an impression of what that movie is about. Having seen the movie, I don't even think like you can connect the dots. And then Italian <laughs> and then Italian studies, which is um, at least doesn't, they all give the wrong impression of your movies, right? And I'm gonna lead it. This leads around to a question <laughs> though. It's not just that they're bad titles that aren't gonna sell the movies. They also give a false impression, right? um do you ever worry that your titles are holding your films back or are you just like determined you had the idea so you're gonna stick with it like how I'm does a, this fucking happen stop doing it
1: i'm a crowd pleaser with the movies and then i'm like antagonistic <laughs> with the titles i think is, is, is it's what, absolutely is, true it's what my is tramps is that is very fair uh on tramps um and I do think probably to get psychological on it, some of that is that it was a title that I had for something that originally kind of was that movie and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But also I think that there was a little bit of, um, maybe there was a little bit of like uh, angst about the fact that Trimps was so similar to loot and that it was such, it's such a softy tramps yeah. is like the softest little thing you know you could you could make uh and so that there was a little bit like you got to throw him some curveball or, or something yeah um but yes and you know like we didn't want to call it love is good um but also i mean that was an example <laughs> no of like, don't call it that either <laughs> yeah but that was an example of a of a it was so different than italian studies because that was just the title from like when it was on a a one-page outline of a totally different movie and it just always stayed that title and no one ever no one ever questioned it it was just the title and then and you sort of get used to something and then italian says i made this mistake that i'm not going to make um which is we gave it a temporary title and people didn't like it we were calling it as a working title propeller um and uh, uh people like just change don't do that and uh we so we just called it untitled vanessa untitled leon kirby project and i'm you can't untitle a movie and go and make it because no matter what you're going to disappoint people when you actually give it a title title because everybody's what's the title what's the title What's What's going to be um I know what you mean by, by with Italian studies. Italian studies is frustrating because
0: once you see the movie, it's like, oh, that is a good title for that movie is the problem. But it gives, again, it gives the wrong impression. Look, I think about this a lot. You know, I went to high school and college. My best friends were the two guys in, in Dr. Dog, Scott and Toby. And I think all the time about how they would be, have been much bigger if their name wasn't Dr. Dog. Do you think about this with your movies? Like,
1: if I had, I, the... I disagree with you about "Give Me the Loot." I understand that you, to you, "Give Me the Loot" sounds like it's a little bit more hardcore of a movie. It than makes it,
0: is. it seem like that it's going to be a young black gang film. Is really
1: yeah. what it seems like. I actually think that ends up working in our favor a little bit with that movie, uh, yeah. personally. But I, I hear you. I do think it's a good title in general. Yes, for, great yeah. title. Well, but, that's why but...
0: I fucking Biggie named the st-
1: song "Give Me would. <laughs> right? Um, uh. <laughs> It's, t- Italian States was really tricky because Italian States was obviously right there for us. It's the name of her book. And, uh, and so it, it always sort of felt I there. Know. And then, and then what do you do? What do you, what do you title that movie? I mean, somebody was like, we, the, I, I can give you titles that we, we yeah. went through. Okay. Did you ever so,
0: consider just doing the main character name title?
1: That's what I was going to say. So one of our producers was like, just call it Alina. Yeah. And I, we, we were, I was like, I'm not, that sounds, that sounds so oh, boring.
0: Alina Reynolds. And then you have Vanessa Kirby on the poster. Yeah. But you're trying to sell it to people who I know. Who, you're just trying to sell it. Look, I'm not
1: Vanessa. I, look, I, I caught shit for the title from some people and for some people not, but, but yeah, Vanessa was like, it's going to make it seem like, um, it's about kids in the summer in Europe. And it I does. was
0: like, it does 100%. <laughs> it sounds. And I was like, that's
1: good. That's a good sell. sell. Sony Ventures oh, Classics, come on on. Oh, man. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was like, it is about kids and it is about the summer. And we shot some of it in Europe. And she yeah. was like, uh, England is in Europe. That was her <laughs> response to that.
0: <laughs> That's. So, how, i don't mean to bust your chops with this no no i like I no way. I,
1: I don't think i've been held back by the titles i do think titles mean a lot though and i do think this movie is this movie italian studies and i actually don't know how much the title was gonna matter that much to it um but but i, I hear you and uh and but no i don't i also think it's different than a band name I don't think yes. it's as it's quite as important. Um,
0: no, definitely not. And, and I also, imagine... I mean, does that help you if you had called this movie Claire Delon? Does it, you know, does it actually? Right. Does anybody come see it that was going to see it? Right. I mean,
1: one up? thing that we liked that one of our producers suggested was Goldfish. Um, <laughs> but but I also feel like that's so oblique and frustrating too. And so I don't know. I, I do I do think we're, we were just talking to go to sports for a second. Did just... you consider calling
0: it Big Fugitive? no i'm
1: sorry <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, um, the we, we were my friend's a sixers fan and he was yeah. sort of getting on doc rivers' case and i was like i wonder how much Doc Rivers is held in esteem as a coach because he's Doc Rivers rather than yeah I forget his name you know it's like Angelo Theo, Theo yeah. Rivers or something and yeah. so uh uh like and I was like Mike Woodson might still be coaching if he was Doc Woodson you know for um, sure haven't
0: you ever yeah. heard that theory of like Joe Montana versus Joey Harrington you know what I mean yeah like, yeah, if- yeah
1: no names matter they definitely do and I I sort of when I was starting out, I was thinking about whether or not I should have some nickname or something because those things are Spike Lee. I mean, that shit is catchy. Um, I did
0: want to ask you about Italian studies. What do you think Spike Lee would think of this movie?
1: (laughs) I have not been asked that question (laughs) in a couple movies. I that could, was that is, is an
0: inside baseball joke. Where on "Give Me the Loot," everybody at every Q and A, one person would ask, "What do you think Spike Lee would think of this movie?"
1: What do you think a black guy would think <laughs> of this movie? Who makes movies? Because that's the only way my brain can think. Um, uh, I, was, I, I was like, but he probably would not like
0: it. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> he, he seems somewhat ornery.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> depends. It depends on what mood he was in. <laughs> um
0: depends on if you were wearing the yankees hat that right, day right
1: um but just yeah. to
0: flip it back to yeah. to um you know to vanessa kirby right mm-hmm. you mentioned working with her what's it like working with a fucking bona fide movie star especially at the moment where she's you shot this when like her star is taking off. It's like when she's doing Mission Impossible and Hobbs and Shaw and the Queen. Like you're there as like this meteoric rise is happening. What's it like yeah. working with a movie star? And I can I'll mention just to say I met you. Invited me to set one day. I brought my son. And she was so incredibly nice. And I know famous people are under a lot of pressure to be nice to everybody they met, but it felt very genuine. She seemed like a very easy person. Um, what was it like working with her in that context? It,
1: it was fantastic. I mean, I knew her before. She, the idea for the movie comes from conversations that we were having. So it wasn't like I came up with the movie and then we cast it. She yeah. was like, well, let's do something. Uh, and, and it sort of came from that. Um, she's, it, it's, people are like, oh, were you intimidated? And part of it is I knew her. So, yeah. you know, it was less that, she's also not, she's also, you know, was like 30 or 31 when we shot it. So I think it's a little different than if she was like, older than me and had six oscars or something and you know yeah. it's it's sort of she hadn't done this kind of thing either and so that was exciting for her but the truth is that, like the reason that she's great is the reason why it's not intimidating to work with her and why it's really natural and easy to work with her is because she wants to do amazing work and she is there for the right reasons um and she really wants to push and she really uh and she just was open and um and the, the hardest to be frank the hardest part of working with her was the fact that she was having all of this success which made it just i'm friends with her i have access to her phone number but it just makes it harder to schedule it makes it harder to it's just like you're managing something that's very different than on my other movies where like oh these are everybody's first movies they're hanging out they're like they that are available. Yeah, and it's the only reason not they're not available. going to show
0: up is if they're hungover, kind of thing.
1: Right, exactly. And so, and so, like with this, it's even, even uh, uh, this week. Like she gets. This is public knowledge; it's out there. She got cast in this uh, uh, Ridley Scott movie where she's playing Josephine to um, uh, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix is Napoleon, um, and and it's a huge movie. And, uh, and so like she got cast in it like a week ago. And so she had to go and do whatever corset fittings or whatever the fuck she has to do. And that like changed our whole press schedule. And, and yeah. so it, it, in some ways that was what the movies, quote unquote movie star element of it was, but it was not an onset thing at all. Um, well, that's
0: also because of the way it's filmed. It's seems heavily improvised. And I don't know if that's just, uh, cool. uh of a, a work on the audience, but that a lot of it is just filming uh, free streets that are not blocked off with average right. people walking around, talking to people. Some of them seem like actors. Some of them seem like she's just interacting with somebody going by. Uh, and then also there's these sort of documentary-ish segments where she's interviewing the kids. She's writing a book uh, so she's going to talk to these teenagers that she's met about the book is, is one of the ideas she gets as a character, just to sort of explain it to the audience. And the kids are all clearly non-actors. I don't just say that because I met them and learned a little bit about their background a little bit. Um, and I don't mean that they're bad. I mean that they are uh, off the cuff in a way that you only get from non-actors. Um, How did you convince her to do this? I mean, it's a lot of actors don't want to just go wander around New York City and then like be on screen with non-actors too. It's tough. It's, it's, It's putting a huge amount on her. Did she see it that way? What was the process of convincing her to do this?
1: we were just talking about this morning we have slightly different recollections so I want to be like generous to hers because my recollection is that she said to me throw me out in the streets of New York City let's get messy um she was like no 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 that was your idea and I went along with it but I I think a lot of it's sort of it was definitely in conversation and I think that she likes a challenge. I think she wants a challenge. And so there was a lot of challenges for her on this. She's an actress that her process is to do hugely extensive character biographies. She's playing a character. She doesn't know, like the character doesn't know herself. So, so like she couldn't do that. And, uh, and, and she was, the thing with the teenagers was I I was just like, wait till you meet these kids. And she did. She met a lot of them before we shot and she just, that she was like, this is, this is the heart of the movie. This is amazing. I can't wait to do this. And so she was so excited about um, that. And I don't think saw that as a challenge or didn't see that as a, as a heavy thing to do. I, I think she's just game. She wants to do cool work. I think her, to be very frank, I think her fear would be somebody says, she doesn't go for it
0: yeah. like
1: she is you know what I mean she's too safe or something like that and so so I think that um there's a question maybe like a, moments maybe in maybe movie a where she goes
0: for it you know oh a,
1: yeah and there's um, more stuff that we cut where it felt almost like it ended up feeling a little bit like look at what we're doing um yeah uh but yeah I mean she urinates in the movie in that warehouse that was like we found that warehouse it was open we were like oh let's shoot something here what should And she was like, what should I do? And I was like, well, what do you want to do right now? And she was like, I have to pee and I was like well and she was like no let me pay like and so she trespassed and urinated in a freaking warehouse on day one and like that was that's all her and I don't mean that in a I don't want that to sound like she slept in a bear to win an Oscar or some shit like that it's not coming from that it's coming from like let's try this what if it was this okay let's be present let's be in the moment let's go for this if it doesn't work it doesn't work Um, and that's she's
0: definitely in the film an actress who and it's perfect with the character and what you've set up that she's searching right Mm -hmm, and I think if you mm -hmm. get an actor who isn't somebody who's searching who wants to go hit a mark this movie's a disaster I think uh there are times this movie I also want to say this movie's messy you know this movie's a bit of a mess I can understand how it's how it's divisive to people and um but I think that it all hinges on her in a lot of ways although Simon the main male lead is also fantastically interesting it's funny i met him at that party at your house and was talking with him for like 45 minutes i had no idea how big his role was i thought he was like in a scene or something you just never would have he's the co-star he's the co-star for sure for sure yeah and and steals the movie in a lot of ways
1: um and he's the character we end up knowing about because we don't really know about her um she's so reflective and you know he's he's so giving in terms of his life but
0: she's also searching him too she brings a lot out of him and I think if you put the wrong actor next to him there's a lot of times where she has a great maternal quality with them too where she's sort of shepherding them around even as she's that's the tension of the movie is how much can she actually be absorbed into this group and how much is she an outsider Mm -hmm. of it you know that's like the entire dramatic tension of, of the movie to me is can she be a part of this actually or are they expecting her to pay for everything you know and she doesn't have a song to sing you know that's sort of like and is it appropriate for her to kiss him you know think of how oh crazy God. these bonds are forming between them i think that that's a lot of what the tension is and I, so i think you need an actress who's who's searching for the moment searching the scene searching the other actors and she that's says, well, she great, doing it.
1: that's a great word for her, for, I think, Alina, definitely. And I think for Vanessa as an actress, I'm going to use that, you know, from, from like, that is what she is. She feels like a searcher as an actress and, um, and, and really w- wants to, wants to find something, you know, and, yeah, and doesn't know what that is at the start of a process and, and going through that process. She's, she's very excited about the process and uh, it's cool. And it's
0: not, it's, it's not. I want to make clear, it's not a screaming, crying, snot dribbling down your face performance, which is one of the things that's impressive to me about it. Two, if you tell an actor to go improvise, they immediately start yelling and using swear words and breaking and and just turning that knob up to 11. I feel like what's fascinating is she turns the knob, it gets to a simmer and she'll turn it down. You know what I mean? And recede, which is very fascinating to me. In terms of how she approaches the performance, this this is you can see an absolutely embarrassing version of this.
1: Movie. Oh my god! Oh my god! To to credit her too, and I do this mean this as a compliment, um, because of the searching and because of the way that she's she's performing there's an edit we could do that would have been an about like she she's <laughs> going she's going for it sometimes and sometimes that means it doesn't work and that's yeah that's really exciting but we talked a lot about that we talked a lot about how like you don't we just looked at people we looked at people in the city like walking by and we were like that person maybe having the bet Big, biggest day, they're like, that person may be crazy and you can't necessarily tell. And so that we she she didn't and I didn't want a sort of like overly demonstrative, um, uh, you know, like right type of yeah. thing that you've seen before in terms of that, because it didn't feel true. It didn't feel true to what this person was experiencing too, because she's trying to hide any um, she doesn't want anyone to know that she she's lost her memory.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, how did you find the kids?
1: Um, so we were doing this live variety show um, in in like a couple months before Vanessa called me up. Uh, um, that was at this place called the Tank, and it's like a black box theater with fifty people. It's a really small theater. It's, it's uptown, right? Yeah. Like it, it, well, it's it's, mo- it's 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 on Thirty Seventh Street. Oh, okay. um, I was thinking it was up. It was road. uptown. It moved. Okay. So. Um, and. Uh, that's uptown-ish, midtown maybe. Um, it was so, so
0: Mr. Manhattan that 37th is uptown for you. Yeah. But go
1: on. Um, and so, uh, I'm just trying to be generous. Um, <laughs> the, the we, it was this stupid but wonderful show that we were doing that was completely goofy and inane and uh it was really really fun I I was like I went to Jamin and and Sam Soger who we both know who's in the movie um who's a friend of mine from high school uh he he came to us and he was like he knows those the people at the tank and he was like they want to do a variety show should we do this like a weekly thing and uh and I went to Jamin and I was like I don't know man like there's no money. Like nothing's going to come of this. It's a lot of work. And Jamin was like, we're in between projects. We don't have anything to do right now. We'll meet people. And it ended up just being very, very wise words because through that we met um, well, we started working with a friend of mine, this young actor and director named Fred Heckinger, who um he's in the white Lotus. Uh, okay. He, yeah, he's the, the Steve Zahn's kid in the white Lotus. He's, uh, the kid woman in the window and he's in underground railroad and uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Shooting with Scott Cooper right now. He can't come to our premiere. Goddamn. um But uh, he he's awesome. And I knew him for a while. And so I went to him and said, do you want to be a part of the show? And then he brought in a lot of these kids. And so he brought in Simon. Um, he brought in Maya Hawk, uh, uh, Annabelle. Who's, Hoffman. who's-
0: Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. Correct. Own, correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, he he brought in um uh, this really talented young woman Annabelle Hoffman who plays the song in the middle of the movie. Um and then Sam is a part of the movie and and this uh very talented uh, actor named Ray Lipstein who is the person who runs into um Alina on the street and identifies her as Oh Alina.
0: okay yeah. yeah
1: was also a part of the show very and interesting so- actress yeah yeah. and so, um, uh, that sort of was a company that we kind of had. And I, I was working with the, those teenagers and was just they're they're awesome. I want to do something with them, and i was I, I kept saying to to people, I want to do something, but I don't want to do a, like, we need to get tickets to the concert tonight movie, because first of all, i had done that. And I like that, but it just didn't feel right for this group of kids. And, but I also did want to do a like harrowing teen drama for many reasons and and so this all of a sudden when Vanessa and I are talking about this idea it felt like well we have these have these people that are amazing so we grabbed onto them and then from there Fred brought in more people and we brought in casting directors and we did street casting and we brought in a lot of kids through that and then we worked with them for like three months where we would just have them come over and do Rehearsals, hangouts, whatever, and kind of put them in groups with each other and different dynamics and see what worked and see what didn't. And um yeah, we built it out from there.
0: What was it? What was your process working with Simon and Vanessa? Because they have a lot of scenes together that are are they improvised, or is it more like Eric Romer on Greenway writing the script before you shoot it. Like what was actually the process of those two together? Because they, they do have, there's moments that feel completely improvised or like she's still in sort of um, interviewer mode where she's sort mm-hmm. of asking him questions. And then there's ones that feel completely off the cuff. And then there's ones that feel a little more structured. Is it a mix of things or is it just, that's the impression I get?
1: No, it's a mix of things. Um, I think i haven't found the best way to articulate it but i think what we did was we we had a script we knew what the story was we knew what we so we might have 3 hours of wandering the streets with them and we knew what we needed to get out of that you know yeah. what i'm going to need in the edit for that what we what we did was through the rehearsal process and through the sort of getting to know them process there was we not only developed the story but there was Bits of dialogue and 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 stories that felt um, we could lean on. So, for example, Simon, at one point in the movie, talks about the difference between warm world and cold world. Yeah. Uh, and warm world is a hug and cold world is, you know, why are you crying Just be a man? You know, yeah. and and uh, and so he had talked to us about this and we knew that we wanted to do that. So what we would do in the wandering scenes and the more loose things where we would say, OK, we're going to walk around the city and we're going to interact with it and see what happens is they would do things off the cuff. They would improvise. They would just walk in silence. They would do whatever was. And then sometimes I would go, all right, do warm world, cold, cold world. So we did 20 takes of warm world, cold world, but we did it in 20 different locations over the course of three days. And, and so that's, that's how we did a lot of that stuff and then there were certain scenes like the hot dog scene um stuff at the party that are r- really the worst dialogue script pages and it and it is it is sort of rehearsed scene work um so yeah it's a combination and then yeah i mean like oh there is also just like a lot of off-the-cuff stuff and vanessa loved she was like vanessa was came from and i'm like really i don't i, I don't want to i like wanted to I, afterwards i was. Like I said to the crew, like I don't normally do this, but she was like, yell things at me. Just be like, say this, try this, yeah. and I was like, really?
0: Yeah, I don't like- think people know how directors don't actually do that. Like how bad that is to yeah. yeah anything yeah. at an actor yeah like, yeah but, you, but you don't do Vanessa, it
1: she was like do everything so it's like there's some scenes that would be scripted there's some scenes that would be totally loose there's some scenes where it'd be like this is the conversation you two should have have these beats of these conversations and then sometimes she was like you yeah, listen she's just like in she one of the things this is one of the things that's amazing about her is yet as much as she is young and i didn't feel like oh my god i'm dealing with this legend she's Done the national stage in London, she's done TV, she's done prestige dramas, she's done big action films. So there's a lot of she's done really well
0: reviewed intimate dramas too, right? You
1: know, like so there's a lot of different ways that she can. So, in some ways, when you do have to do those things, which you hate to do as a director and say like, can you just look over here? Can you just look over there? So I have stuff for the edit. She gets it. She's totally down with that. And also is totally gets like, can you just riff with Simon for a bit? Yeah. Um, and so she is this like, it's one of the analogies. It's like, she's a five tool player. Like she yeah. can do every single thing.
0: She's oh. a true Billy bean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so The uh, shooting style of this movie, Uh, we've talked a little bit about it. You know, I'm I'm imagining this movie gets described as being documentary style, but it's not. And one thing that I think about your shooting style, I can see the Altman influence in it a lot. In particular, there's a shot, and I don't know if this is intentional in Tramps, that is taken from O.C. and Stiggs. It's the exact same shot of them walking through the fairground, right? (laughs) It's uh-huh. literally the exact same uh-huh. frame the exact same way. Uh-huh. Um.
1: That's do you, awesome.
0: Do you, do you, you don't think of this as being documentary style. You use a lot of long shots. You use a lot of long takes. This is more fleet footed than the others, uh, yes. which I've also, you'll read reviews of Give Me the Loot calling it documentary style, which is ludicrous, right?
1: <laughs> yes, that is, that is ludicrous. We did put down a camera in the middle of the city streets. We were doing scenes that were rehearsed for like literally six months and like precisely blocked out on those streets. Yeah. yeah
0: with this being more free, did you, feel like let's shoot more documentary style or did you try and keep to your traditional style as much as possible uh
1: It, it isn't as calculated again it feels this sort of maybe feels like the right answer but it's true it felt like what's the right thing to do for the story we knew inherently that because of the nature of the story and the nature of how we wanted to shoot it it was there was going to be we wanted to have the freedom of movement that um we didn't always have with the other movies, uh, yeah. um, which you know are are more choreographed in in their in their sort of the way that people move through space in those movies, and uh, and so one of the things I said to the cinematographer Brad Chukowicz was, "You got to break me a little bit, like you know, no rules, like let's just sort of and uh, and so yes, we wanted to embrace. I don't love like moving the camera and making it." uh, shaky because things are jittery. Like I yeah. didn't want it to necessarily be emotionally reflective, but I wanted us to be able to, to move freely. And then once you're doing that, you embrace that in terms of the storytelling with the camera. And he was really great at doing that. He comes from the Safdies. He You came up with them and, uh, and, and just has a lot of experience shooting in, in that kind of way.
0: How did you come up with the documentary, interludes idea where she's interviewing him that are more like talking head documentaries
1: yeah it came from sort of two places one is we were really uh we were really somewhat one of our like guardian angels I guess on the movie was this Milos Forman movie taking off um,
0: oh, I just watched yeah. that over the summer. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that movie very much. Um, we went, we took everybody to see it when it was playing at the film forum. We basically like bought out the film forum, um, and uh, and and that has these sort of random interludes of people playing music of like uh, these auditions um, uh, strewn throughout it. And yeah. uh, I love the look of those and and what those were. And so we, we, I was just watching that movie a lot, and then. Um, and I was also watching this Alan. It's fun.
0: weird. It's weird that you mentioned Taking Off. I had watched it and I'm thinking it's probably more than a year ago because Jean Claude Carrier wrote it, right? Who's Boonwell's screenwriter. Yes. He wrote all Boonwell's movies uh, and Pierre Attacks. It's funny. I don't know. Just because I was making the sort of, did you want to make this Boonwellian? And, and then you said, I was inspired by a movie by Boonwell's screenwriter. It's a weird Taking Is Off it? has a similar. Uh, it's not going into it's magical not realism, Terry.
1: Yeah. But, but it feels.
0: Made by somebody who goes there as a matter of course,
1: and anyway. it feels like it's on its own vibration, and yeah. and and that that's that's definitely something that we were trying trying to hit here. It was, and also this. this Wait, Alan... were you
0: going to some people say the darndest things What, the Allen fun?
1: No, but the, there's one that he did, um, uh, like how do you something with a naked body? Because um, there's a couple movies that he did. Uh, I seen I'm, those movies. I, I'm looking at, and, yeah, and and they're interesting. Um, the, the, both of them, one's about money and one's about like sex, basically. How do you, what do you say to a naked lady and money talks, um, they're interesting movies and, how do you, what do you say to a naked lady we looked at, um, which does feature an incredibly attractive naked lady walking around uh, yeah. uh, the streets of New York and business office buildings and stuff like that. And they had these interviews with kids where they talk about their sexual experiences and how they see the world and stuff like that. So I, I really like that movie. And, and so those two things, and from the same era, those sort of were with me. And then when we were doing the auditions, when we were coming and meeting the kids, we would come and we would sit with them for, for you know, talk with them for 30 minutes. And then- the rehearsal process was a sort of continuation of that, and I said to Brad, our producer, I was just like, "This stuff's amazing, and we should be getting some of this in the movie." And also, we need a space for Alina to be able to be honest and to be able yeah. to be open, because when you see her in London, she's um, this cosmopolitan, you know, woman who is following social you know yeah decorum decorum, right and and is therefore a little bit closed off and when you see her in new york she's much more open um but she is also trying to hide the fact that she doesn't know who she is and so creating the space where we could have her um really be be sort of an open book uh with these kids who are open books felt uh helpful Um, and so, yeah, we shot, we shot that pretty early in the production process section. It's really,
0: it's really fascinating stuff. It's really amazing stuff, but I also imagine contributes to the divisiveness. Did you, Mm -hmm. when you're doing the theater notes, did you get a lot of lose that stuff kind of notes or more of that stuff? we
1: didn't. Yeah, we didn't because for the most part people, when you do a feedback screening, you're trying to find the people who have the potential to love your movie. And yeah. what, they, what they're not getting to love it versus the people who just aren't going to get it. My favorite feedback uh, screening story is we did a feedback screening for Tramps. Um, and the first person was like, oh, general reactions or whatever. And a person said, it feels like you're going to tell this heist story and then it becomes a romance. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. And they were like, you can't do that. i just wanted to be like you can leave like i don't want you to like that is what the movie is you are describing the movie you're just describing it in a negatively said tone um and so you don't listen to that guy anymore not because that person's an idiot they just aren't gonna like your movie and that's okay and so for the most part People in the FX screenings actually really loved the teenagers and, and wanted to grab onto them. So we didn't get that. We did get that a little bit from some of our executive producers, though. There was one in particular who was just like, "I don't understand why we're going to interviews." Um, but uh, but well, it's the interesting
0: most... that you say that. That that you wanted to find people that could like it. One of the things I'll tell. I'll do the. The bad news, good news kind of thing. Yeah. Here. Uh, when I when I I, I, like got, this. I watched this movie with my girlfriend who's Brazilian and not a cinephile at all, and uh, we got over and he turned it off, and uh, and she was like, "Oh, you seem like you liked it." I was like, "Yeah, I loved it. That was really exciting." Talked about it a little. I said, "What did you What did you think of the movie?" And she said, "I don't consider this a movie."
1: <laughs> Was her response. That's that's great. That's <laughs> that I get that a lot. Actually, my, it was an wire article written about Tramps that said, "Is this a movie?" If it oh, really? Theaters, yeah. Oh, uh, so. but she was just like, "It doesn't I, feel like I've but, made one. But. I've made one to three movies. It
0: depends <laughs> on how you." Yeah. But at the same time. Uh, The the thing that this made me think of. So that's the bad half of the divisiveness. The good half is when you're talking about you want to find people that like it. When I was describing why, because she's like, what are you getting out of this? And I was said, this is a movie. I don't think this is like a fantastically masterpiece made movie, but this could be your favorite movie. There's somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to see this movie. I bet they're like 16 Mm -hmm. and this is their favorite fucking movie. And they tell everybody in the world about it and they make Mm -hmm. their friends watch it. Like this, this is a movie that's going to be somebody's favorite movie because it's so unique and it's so perceptive about the things it's perceptive about. And it's so, it's an, an adventurous movie in a lot of ways. It's a movie that you don't feel like, oh, I've seen something like that before at all. I don't think anybody comes away saying, oh, that sort of thing. I think people might come away (laughs) and say, I don't understand what this is supposed to be, which was her reaction to it. But I think that the people that are on the wavelength, there's going to be somebody who's just like, oh my God, I saw Italian studies when I was 16. I went to film school because of it, you know, or, or a better thing. They might say a nice thing about it too.
1: <laughs> like, oh, I saw Italian <laughs> studies and it, and it. So I didn't you know, go I'm to like, film school okay. because I realized that that was going to be fucking bullshit. And I yeah. can just, we should yeah. mention
0: that too, is that your background, you didn't go to film school. You're not like a typical not. film nerd cinephile. Like a lot of <laughs> filmmakers. I know you don't, you don't have that. You Feel like a regular the, person to me,
1: I don't really yeah. need the experimental filmmakers you brought up earlier. You're not a big fan uh,
0: of William Klein and
1: Hollis Frampton, but I'm interested. I want to see you said five minutes, that's great. I'll give that. Uh, you should watch, broad,
0: you, I think you'll love Broadway by Light. Okay, uh, cool. I'll on. send it to you, but uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off there. No, no,
1: uh, what were we saying? People's favorite movie. They're gonna love it. Oh, I'll take it. Well that was the thing when we were making it, right? So so when you're making something like Tramps, it's like this is we, we you hope this is someone's favorite movie of the year that is like 20 and loves romantic comedies and is sort of like I didn't realize you could make it that way. Right. Yeah. But overall, it really is like, let's make a souffle. Let's make a dessert. dessert. Like that's really, and for this, you know, we know going in. And so the, the, the dream of it is, are is it going to be able to find its people? Are there, are there going to be able to be people who uh there's, we know that there's going to be people who are not going to be able to get on its wavelength. And we know that there's going to be people who, people who get on its wavelength, but don't love it. Um, But can we find people who get on its wavelength and love it? And I think that uh the thing that's been, amazing is that we have we have it's not most people i'd say most people like this movie it seems 50 um but about a quarter of the people who see this movie seem to really love it i know people who have seen this movie many times i've had people come up to me crying after this movie um I-, I had young people come up to me at a screening this week uh that are like i think they're probably college age uh kids and they just were so excited in the way that you're talking about they just like talked my ear off for 20 minutes and it was great it was such a thrill um and i haven't had that i haven't had that experience with the other movies which i I, i'm so proud of and i think are great but they don't they're not meant to to blow your fucking mind the the
0: moments in this movie that hit correctly hit so good and are so memorable you know like like you know give me the loot i love i think give me loot's a really good movie i i would say there's no individual moment in it that hits me the way uh the two moments of oh i want to be like you right and he responds and then when she says it he's like fuck off you don't know me those paired moments hit so perfectly that like there's nothing in give me the loot that I'm going to remember as a moment as long as I remember
1: those moments like that. I think that's true. I think that's true. And I think it was really uh thank you. And I think it was really that's what got me through. I mean, it's a long process. We edited this movie for years. Like, it's been long. And I think that there was this like, we have some stuff here though that feels like it's pretty fucking special, or that people that we're gonna be able to find people who are gonna have that reaction to it. And uh, and we have, um, because when we screened it, when I screened it for, for some people very early on, like some of the people like on my quote unquote team, you know, one of the first things they said was because the other two movies have been critically, have a great Rotten Tomatoes score, right? Yeah, They were like, this is not gonna have that score. And it yeah. was like, we know, we know that, we know that. But, but they also said, but we think that people are, it'll find its people and I, i really hope that it does i think the pink smoke audience is a good is a good start
0: um i was going to say and i hope this
1: isn't and i should say by the way it is available on all vod formats on friday vod what theaters is it playing in new york it's playing at the ifc center and it's playing in two theaters in la
0: okay awesome um i was going to say this is this is a little bit Uh, I hope it's not too real for you. Um, Part of the reason I was excited by this movie is that I didn't like Tramps and I felt like it was a step back for you. You know, I think just on the most obvious level, I think you can appreciate how a wandering around New York City movie, wandering around Westchester movie can't compare to that. But um, no, it felt like uh, a path that you were on that was interesting with Give Me the Loot and was much less interesting with Tramps. They feel very similar. This movie still feels a piece with the other two, right? It still feels connected to another two, but it feels like you taking risks and going in a new direction and trying to explore what you've set out for yourself as an artist more deeply, right? I think if I had to do some like objective measure, which is objectively a better movie, it's like, well, maybe Tramps is a better movie. I don't know, like some object how to measure. Right, that right, way. Right. You know, like I, if you made me guess which has a better Rotten Tomatoes score, right? Like I would guess Tramps 10 times out of 10, you know, kind of thing. Um, but do you feel like where you're headed now, do you think you're going to take this path that you're on with Italian studies further and take the things that were different that you did on it from Gimme the Loot and go deeper with them, expand them, explore them more. Or do you think that the next place you wanna go is try and go back on that other track that people really love? I've gotta say, I'm an outlier. People who see Tramps mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, Tramps yeah. and Gimme the Loot get, get good reviews all the time. right? Or do you think you're going to go back to there, which is not a bad path to be on. I'm just genuinely curious as a person for you, also because I want you to fucking do more of this. I think you can take it further. I think this isn't a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like it feels like the departure point, you know, when a band's There's like third, exciting, yeah. third album is their first album. You know right, what I right, mean? Where right. you're like, oh, they got their sound. You know right, what I mean? Right. Do you feel that way about this movie or do you feel like you had your sound from the beginning?
1: Mm, that's interesting. That's interesting in a lot of ways. Um, I, I was going to announce, uh, that we're, I've just signed on to do tramps too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love tramps, but I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think that I'll answer one way. And then, and then more specifically, I don't to your mean question. to be
0: too hard on tramps.
1: No, no, that's be hard happens. on tramps. I don't, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't care. I care about it overall, but you and I disagree about movies all the time. And we agree about movies all the time. And that's true for everybody. So I always want, I want to give people permission to, of course, they're going to not like one more than the other. There isn't a filmmaker that I love that there isn't a movie that I'm like, every filmmaker I love, has made a movie I think is better than every movie I've made <laughs> and a movie that I think is worse than every movie than I've yeah, ever absolutely. made. absolutely. And so like, you know what I mean? It's just like, that's cool, whatever. What's the worst? I Kendrick? think, <laughs> uh, well, the one he disavowed that first. Thing. Okay,
0: fair and design. Yeah, Okay, but, go
1: on. Yeah, uh, uh, but the one that he, uh, oh, uh, Lolita, the ones that he hasn't disavowed. Yeah. Um, the, that's true, it sucks. Go on. Lolita sucks. Lolita's yeah. not a good movie. It doesn't work. There's moments and stuff, but yeah. Um, uh, everything else is at least pretty fucking good. BB plus,
0: Um, at least BB plus. I
1: remember, I remember seeing the master in theaters and the lights came up and the people next to me went, it's a B. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, that's pretty quick to like put a letter grade on a P.T. Anderson movie oh, that you just saw. like, like. Maybe
0: it's maybe, so hard to be a filmmaker. I'm maybe so sorry.
1: Sit with that a little bit, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think that there's a reason to make just to sort of go to the trans. There's a reason to make. There's a good reason to make a move. Every movie that you make, and there's a good reason to not. And yeah. they are pretty clear right up front. So for Loot, the reason to make it was, we can do this. I have this in my grasp. It's fun. I think people would like it. The reason to not was very simple. This is about two Black characters. And like how much of that is going to be an issue with a white filmmaker? Um, and the reason to not make Tramps was what you said, which was, is this sort of the watered down, give me the loot? Is this too... Is this too much like that? But now with the white kids and like a little bit more delicate, and it doesn't have a little much... bit
0: more actors act. Yes, you know? right,
1: and it doesn't have as much verve to it. And um, I don't agree. Like I think what we he, we're doing. He's
0: was... great. I gotta say the male lead is that Callum Marsh. Counter. Callum Turner. <laughs> yeah. Callum Turner, he's fantastic in tramps. I do want to say right up front. I think she, that's I would
1: also like to say that she is fantastic in tramps as well. And she is having a wonderful career. And I'm writing a project for her right now. So, um, uh, I, I, yes. She's uh,
0: fantastic too.
1: <laughs> uh, look, we've heard it all from everybody on everything. We, yeah. we, we, we had feedback on uh and that were like, lose Simon yeah we were like yeah okay <laughs> um uh, because he <laughs> some people the wrong way the reason no question so no, reason,
0: no question that's one of the right. things that's exciting about it yes though, i agree is it's is it's a very it's a very bruno s you know in in, in strozak and and casper hauser like just putting him on screen is so different in itself the kind of person is, that you see on screen that yeah, it we have feels- scenes
1: with coverage where we're cutting from his face to her face and it like It works, I you know, I think, but like it is like wow, we really put these two people together.
0: It's very true to New York City, where you see some people that are inhumanly beautiful and charismatic, and they're just hanging around some guy at fucking papaya, not Grace Papaya. I don't remember which one you're at, Chelsea Papaya. Chelsea Papaya. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I also um, had to explain
0: to my girlfriend why hot dog stands are called papaya in New York
1: when we got oh, oh, My God, that's that specificity that should feel universal. Um, the 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 reason that I to make why I made is I just loved it, and I yeah. loved the characters, and I felt them, and so like that was a good reason. Um, you
0: didn't feel pressure to stay on the give me the loot
1: wavelength? No, at not at all. And in fact, that was the thing I wanted. To, the, the reason I didn't want to do it was that. The reason I didn't want to do, and and I want, and in some ways, it, going back to the can thing, tramps, you know, isn't going to can. Yeah. Like it's not, and so, like, and, and as much as what Jamin said was true, I, there was a little bit of like, should we just make like a dark, weird horror movie or something that can make us money? Or should we get some, you know, I have access to more talent, you know, after giving the loot and stuff like that. And so the idea of doing like, a small New York indie with unknowns was not what I was being encouraged to do and was not necessarily what I thought I was going to do. But I was working on other stuff and that one kind of emerged and it was there for us. And I'm very glad that I did it. And um, and so also, yeah, I mean, uh,
0: also got got sold for a little bit of money. Must yes, have been nice. it's
1: the only it's, yes, <laughs> that was it's it's the this I, I'm currently in the house that Netflix built. Um, and uh, I'm somewhat exaggerating, but, uh, and th- there was, th- but also Chris, there's this incredible thrill with tramps and people never bought this in this, like our sort of cinephile wor- world where that movie comes out and you go on Twitter and you see like teenagers in Indonesia be like, Oh my God, I love this movie. Yeah, And so the reach of what, netflix was and what that kind of movie is and, and those teenagers also being like i looked up every song from the soundtrack so oh, that's awesome in some ways it in a different way than the 16 year old who's going to love italian studies it's a different kind of 16 year old who's yeah. going to love trans, But i do think it was able to find that um but yes, to answer your question about, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer. I do think that I, I've said this after each movie, so I don't, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing another thing in New York, obviously. And then I keep end up doing that. Um, I, I, while I was making this movie during production, which was the best, I felt, oh, this is how I'm going to make all the movies. This is this is it. This is what I do. Yeah, now. and. Afterwards, I don't feel that as I look at the projects that I'm working on. I'm working on a few different projects. And there are elements of what we did here that I think are going to carry over into the other things, but the way that we did this movie is not the right way to do those things.
0: Yeah. You know, another movie that just popped into my head that this might be too heavy of a burden for it to carry on it, but it reminds me of the stylistic change that Wong Kar Wai makes with Fallen Angels, where he doesn't make another movie like that again. And it's the same sort but... of like Fallen Angels is is messy the way that Italian studies is messy too. But he definitely takes a big something from it and becomes what we think of Wong Kar Wai with, with Fallen Angels. And they they have a similar, this not to tempt the Pink Smoke audience too much, <laughs> but I think that there is, the movies that I list, you know, like Naked, Elevator to the Gallows, Little Fugitive, Fallen Angels, it's not fair to put that kind of weight on Italian studies at all. But I think that you'll see when you watch it why I'm having those thoughts about it anyway.
1: Yeah, I do think the cine- I do think cinematically it's the most exciting thing that I've done. And it's the thing I'm most proud of in terms of that. And so
0: exciting was the first word I used when I yeah,
1: got that. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I do, I do I think it was, it was that. And I think that that, yeah. And, and there's other like little things too about just like how to, how to shoot a certain scene a certain way or who to work with. Um, that, that also just I think happens from every project that you work on, that you learn stuff.
0: Can I uh, ask a kind of, we'll wrap it up pretty soon. Can I ask a kind of, uh, maybe this question isn't even interesting to you. Um, what 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 filmmakers do you feel like you're walking down the same path as i thought of this when you mentioned the (laughs) Safties earlier that that you're using a cinematographer from them new york city indie filmmaking is a strange place right now it's it's a strange there's there's it's a it's a strange time compared to if you think of like well what is american indie filmmaking in 1985 versus uh new york city Indie Filmmaking 1985 versus what it is now, who are the filmmakers? Do you feel connected to like the Safties, who also do very New York specific New York stories? You know, I, I always associated Gimme the Loot with Beast of the Southern Wild because it was sort of on the same track at the same time as it was coming out. And it was also another uh, film that sort of had the burden of a white filmmaker dealing with with black uh actors although that movie obviously has a lot more complicated and problematic relationship i'll let bell hooks handle that i'm not gonna (sighs) talk about that you know do you and another filmmaker from that same period because you've kind of had movies come out in the same intervals is um you know Mm, mm -hmm. uh is there beach rats is another movie that i thought of Mm. when i when I, i thought of you when i watched it do you feel like contemporary filmmakers you're on the same path with in any way or do you feel out there by yourself doing your own thing
1: man i don't know how to answer that question i I think that i think about these things and then i think it's like in the time studies there's like a from her story there's like a lot that's like and then she thought about what she thought she thinks about things too much and then she thinks about thinking about things too much and then she thinks about how people think about how she thinks about things too much um and uh and so, yeah, I mean, I don't feel either. I don't feel like I'm out alone, but I'm not, I don't hang out there. I'm not part of like a clique. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, like I know the Saptis a little bit, but I haven't seen them in years and um, and uh, I, I love their stuff. Um, and, uh, and we definitely came up around the same time, but you know, they've happened, man. And that's not yeah. a surprise that you could tell that was gonna happen. Um, uh i don't know i think in some ways i think that's for other people to do like groupings and and stuff like that but uh but yeah I, i i do think about where i am what my status is what i could get made what i couldn't who what you know how come they had that success how do you do that how do you not don't think about that stuff like that but in terms of um
0: I find Uh, you really fearless about not overthinking your career. I know you think about it a lot, but doing what you think is best for each individual film that you're setting out to make. When I witness you going through those processes, it feels very fearless to me, especially comparison. I know some other filmmakers, same bigger level of success than you, you know, that you see what you see, what they go through, and it's much more fraught and compromised. Like I've seen people get kind of chewed up in their decision-making in a way that's shocking to me. And I find you very fearless with that stuff.
1: I had, thank you. I don't know if it's fearless, but I, I, I had two pieces of advice early on that I, that I sort of, st- like the same piece of advice from two people who I just admire and think are brilliant. And it was it was just like, you have a, sh- especially after loot, like you have a shot to do the things you want to do do that for as long as you can do that. And I think that there is something really, there is something scary about that. And there is something really freeing about that. And so that is what the Italian studies, I mean, the, the reason to make it and the reason to not make it is all like what I was going saying before, like, that's all in that. It is like, this may not be the best thing for the career. This isn't going to make us a ton of money. This isn't going to like, you know, um, but at the same time, isn't that exciting? And we can, you know, Jamin said something to us about it, which is like, you can make this movie now. You may not be able to make this movie. You know, Vanessa can't make this movie now. Cause she would get stopped in the street all the time. Yeah. You know? And so, so the reason to make it was we could in some ways, and that it would be so freeing and feel like a gift. And the reason it we wouldn't is because it's the best careerist idea. And ultimately I'm excited that I'm, I take this compliment, I will receive it. I will also say it's helped a lot by working or being surrounded by people who encourage that. Yeah. Who include my agents, you know, things like that who aren't saying no, man. I was scared to tell my agents I was doing this. Yeah. I like told them when it was about to be done. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, so we're going into production in a movie in six weeks. Um, and but they were like, that's awesome. You're gonna work with Vanessa Kirby, you're gonna do something cool, you're gonna work, you're gonna do the thing you love to do. Like, and so uh, so yes, I just thanked my agents on the Pink Smoke podcast. It's probably not very cool.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's a profoundly uncool podcast, so it's perfect. Um, thank you for coming and talking about your movie with us. Uh us. I like shifting into the editorial plural. It was the thanks world, for coming yeah. and talk to me. It was nice. It's nice, it's always nice to thank see you. Nice, you. nice to talk to you.
1: Uh so much. I'm really it really feels in a way that's cool. And it would have been cool if it wasn't, because again, I think like people can catch the wave of this movie or not. Um, but it really feels like you get what this movie is. And uh, so it's fun to talk about it. The,
0: the special moments in this movie are really special is what I would describe about it. Thank and you. and I hope, you know, I hope you find, I hope if you do make a goopy, scary horror movie, you find yeah. some way to incorporate what you've done with this into it. We are, I, don't like I, think, this... I
1: actually think of all the projects that are, one of the things is a goopy, scary horror movie. And I think that this one has a lot of relation to that in terms of its cinema style.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Have a good one.
1: Thank you so much. So much love. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm
0: sure we'll talk more soon.